And welcome back to another episode of Finances. I'm your host, Matt Stead. And on the podcast today, along with me, we have Eric Sacchetta, who is actually a newly um, accredited CFP. So congratulations to Eric. And we have debuting on the podcast for the first time, Emily Diesman, who's an accountant here at our firm. Today, this episode is definitely not going to be the most riveting one, but nonetheless, we think it's very important, especially for those maybe younger listeners who are getting started in their financial journey. And what I am talking about is the importance of credit scores and how do credit scores work. Emily was actually the one who brought up this idea to us. And so she's going to start it off in explaining why we're talking about this today. So I saw an article on Fox Business about how the average FICO credit scores hit record highs and the five things that you should do. And one point that really stood out to me was how the average FICO credit score increased five points from last year. So instead of 706 points, it's now 711 points and kind of getting everyone's input on why we think it hit a record high. I think a couple of things. One, specifically this year with the pandemic, people haven't been able to go out and do things. So I think savings has been up in general. And then also the fact that with some of the things the government's had to do because people haven't been able to work is with stimulus checks and unemployment and whatever, and the fact that people haven't been able to spend money for periods of time, one of the things that people have been doing is actually paying down some of their debt. So I don't know if people are doing that consciously or that's like just what they're doing, but I think as we go through this discussion, people will actually find out if that is something that anybody did, that it's very beneficial and we can kind of show you why. Yeah, it's definitely, it's great to hear that, you know, people are improving their credit scores across the board. You know, I guess the the government officials would want that stimulus money to obviously be spent in the economy and maybe go buy a new pair of pants or go out to eat a little more. But people using it responsibly, I think for us, is kind of a refreshing thing to hear. In jumping in more to why once Emily brought this up, we, we thought it was a great idea to talk about and we started doing some research is... 40% of Americans have no idea how their credit score is determined. And that was, that was a fact brought up in an article on CNBC. And that was just staggering to me because how, how (laughs) this, this, this arbitrary number, or it's not too arbitrary, but to some people, it it seems that way. It it determines so many of the things that happen in our lives, but 40% of people just have no idea how it's calculated. I, I think that one of the things is if you don't know how it works and how you can improve it and what the outcome is going to be by improving it, you're probably not going to actually try to actively do things to, to improve, uh, improve your score. So I know Emily, you mentioned that there was, you know, five particular points that you have. So I don't know if you want to start with the the first one and we can kind of talk about that and we can mix in, you know, what goes into, to making the score as well. Yeah. So one of them is continue to pay bills on time which I think is very important to pay your bill on time. I know personally I pay my bills weekly. So I know every Thursday I'm going to pay off my credit card, whether I have transactions still pending or or if there's stuff still sitting in there from last week. But I know that every Thursday I should go in, pay my credit card off just so that I make sure that I'm keeping my score on track and that I'm not going to lose track of when I need to pay my bills. It's just always in my brain, okay, you need to go log in. I do it on my phone. I don't send it in the mail like 
my mom does. My mom's <laughs> old fashioned and she still likes writing her check and sending it in. But personally, I just, I liked being able to go right on my phone and send it in and make sure that everything is paid yeah, on time. I, I remember when I, when I got my first credit card way back when I was 18, I, it, I was in the Bank of America office in North Reading and I, I always remember the guy saying to me, use this credit card like you would a debit card. And by that, I mean, you know, put your charges on there because you get the cash back and because it helps you build your credit score. But every time you charge something, just go into the account and, and transfer that money over from your checking to your credit card. And in, in that way, it's basically like using it like a debit card. So get into that habit, never carry a balance. And, and that's something that's always stuck with me. And, and I'm grateful that he gave me that piece of advice. So right on both of your points, your payment history makes up like 30 to 35% of your credit score because basically anytime you apply for credit, whoever's offering you that line of credit has only this one point in time to really decide whether it's going to be a good investment to give you this money. So the only thing they really have to go off of is how have you utilized other money that you've been given, given in the past. And the second point in terms of how is it how is the score actually created that is part of what we're talking about so far is the credit utilization rate. So, you know, what percentage of your credit you have available are you using? And they say you should always keep it under 30 and ideally you should keep it under 10 if you want to have the, the highest score possible. And obviously, as both Emily and Matt had said, if you put stuff on there, but you pay it off entirely before it's actually due, then you're utilizing zero and your score is going to be pretty high. So... I know, I know with many credit cards too, you can set up automatic payments. So if you're somebody who's liable to forget, you know, oh, I forgot to pay the credit card this month, you can set it up just so it automatically transfers out of your checking account and, and pays off the card. Obviously, you have to make sure your, your balance in your checking account is enough to cover that, but that's a good tool you can use too to make sure that's always paid off. Because I also think that people don't realize missing a payment, like a minimum payment, actually has quite a negative effect on your oh, definitely. on your score. So you people, oh, you know, I missed it once in a while. Is that a big deal? It's not the end of the world. Like you can make up for it, but it, it's a bigger of a deal than most people think. So well, yeah, payment history makes up thirty five percent of your credit score. Right. So in that, and that's the largest chunk of of the sort of mix of, of factors that make up your score overall. So again, like Eric said. If, if you're if you have negative history in that big chunk it's it's going to make a larger impact overall on your score so that's definitely <laughs> you know number one piece of advice if you take anything from this podcast always pay off your credit card at the end of every month or at least make the minimum payment if you're carrying a balance what what were some of the other points emily another one was don't close credit cards which i found interesting um but the article hmm. said that if you're not using your, if you say you have multiple credit cards and you're not using one of them, and if you're paying an annual fee, it can negatively affect your credit ratio and reduces your overall credit limit. From, from what I understand, the action of closing the card is not necessarily dinging your credit. It's just when you close a, a revolving line of credit, it, it reduces your overall line of credit and when you take one credit card out of the mix that overall limit decreases and at the same time if you have any balances on these cards it it makes that utilization number higher because right. you know the denominator gets decreased um so i i think that's yeah it's a reasonable piece of advice and if you do have like an annual fee card that you say oh i don't want to pay this annual fee anymore a lot of times they have like downgrade paths so like right. if, you know if you have the chase 
something or another, you can get the, in the same family of cards, like a chase card that doesn't have an annual fee. And then you could just throw it in your drawer and, you know, keep that, keep that bottom line number higher. The, the other thing is, and I've, I've never really investigated this and I don't know if we could look it up at some other point, but I've heard this from a lot of people that have you ever, people have like say student loans, which is again, a form of credit and they actually uh, work hard to pay off their student loan. And when they pay it off for some reason, like the month or two while they pay it off, their score actually goes down. Mm. And then kind of after that, it starts coming back up and goes past where it was. I, I never really investigated that, but I've had a bunch of friends, especially even ones I see on social media. Yeah, I paid off my, my, my student loans ahead of time. And then they like will post that their score went down. And I think it just has something to do with what we're talking about that they might have balances on other things and now the utilization rate is higher. So until they go pay those cards, it goes down. But as soon as they pay those off, it's going to go up. That, yeah, that partially may factor into it. I think another piece of the puzzle there is in what you know a lot of your credit score is made up from is the credit mix that you have. Right. So like credit cards are considered revolving debt, whereas student loans are considered installment debt. And kind of having a combination of both of those increases your score because it shows that you can manage both of those types of accounts. And once you pay off those installment loans, that your mix basically, assuming you don't have you know a car loan or mortgage or anything else, your mix just goes back to revolving only, which may ding it a little bit. And just I, I know I mentioned the um, payment history made up thirty five percent, so just keeping that going, the the credit mix that you have represents ten percent of your overall score. So. What else you got over there, Emily? I have, it says to be selective in applying for new credit. So I guess this kind of goes for applying for new credit cards. And it mentions now how personal loan or installment loan can reduce your credit score. So I guess it kind of relates to what you just mentioned about. Yeah, so, so new credit makes up about 10%. So too many hard inquiries or new accounts within a short period of time can you know put a red flag that you're, you're struggling and you're actually getting the credit cards to be able to pay for things that you can't afford. So it wants to let other lending companies know that you're in that situation. So I, I, I think that that might be a factor related to, to you know, that important point. Yeah, I think that's essentially what they're saying. You know, don't go out and you know, every, every, every month apply for a new credit card or something. Cause those hard inquiries will rack up over time and negatively affect, um, and you know, the, the whole reason why companies look at your credit scores, they don't want the risk. So they want somebody who is responsible and they want somebody who will pay off their card in time and not, you know, flee the country with a huge balance on their card. So Having a good credit score basically means you're a low risk person is what, is really what it boils down to. So, you know, one of the one of the larger reasons why we're talking about this is because having a good credit score can really add up to dollars and cents savings down the road. I know I gave an example. I think it was all the way back in our first episode about buying a house for the first time, but kind of reaffirming that you know, the, a credit score is a number between 300 and 850, 300 being the worst and 850 being the best. And, you know, a quote unquote good score is sort of high 600s through the 700s. And then once you're like over 800, that's basically exceptional. In, in most people hover in those, the sixes and sevens. So, but when you go to apply for a loan, so say you are applying for a mortgage and that APR number, that 
interest number that they're going to quote you has a lot to do with your credit score. And so an example of that is, you know, if you have a 650 versus a 750 credit score, that could basically mean a half a percent on your mortgage rate. And people say, well, half a percent, that, that's not really that much. But if you have, you know, if you take out a $400,000 mortgage, half a percent is going to be about $2,000 a year, which when you put it that way, it, it adds up to a lot of money, you know, and all you had to do to, to save that $2,000 a year was be diligent and do some of the things that we were talking about earlier. Um, so it, it's not just like a arbitrary game. It, it really, you know, impacts you financially down the road. Cause I think two things, what were you saying at the beginning, if you don't know what makes up the score, you don't know how to improve it. And then if you don't know what actual benefit in real dollars you're going to get, you're not going to see why you want to take these steps to actually improve it. But if you told me, you know, I pay my credit cards off on time and I keep this, this line open and I do X, Y, and Z and my score will go up 50 points. And that might get me another half a, half a percent less on my mortgage that saves me two or $3,000 a year. That's something tangible that I'd be willing to work towards. So yeah, it's, it's definitely important and good to track and, and try to improve. So I know we've been, you know, sort of jumping all around here and talking about the, what makes up your credit scores, the factors, but just closing that loop quickly, the ones that we didn't talk about yet were amount owed, which is 30%. So that's kind of looking at, you know, all of your installment loan balances and, and how much you're carrying on your credit cards, if any. And then the last factor, which makes up 15%, is the length of credit history. And this one, I think, is, you know, sort of the easiest to control in the sense that once you turn 18, go get a credit card. You know, people people tend to be afraid of credit cards because they, they can see it as this tool that, you know, can can derail your life if, you, if you're not responsible with it. But just be responsible with it. Just get one, use it pay it off and that slowly builds up your credit credit history. Well, another thing too is you probably don't want to ever close that one because for mm. example, I got my first credit card at 18, but I don't know when I got my next credit card or loan or whatever. But if you look at the mix of credit cards and different things I have, if I were to close that one, my average amount of time with the rest of them would yep. be so much lower. So um, to kind of the point, Emily, you had in the article, that might be depending on which credit card it is. I, I probably would never close the first credit card you have because if that's that's going to affect the average. Yeah, that's a good point. And even if you just throw it in a drawer and maybe once or every other year or something, just take it out and just buy a coffee with it just to kind of keep the account active, that long history of having that account can, can certainly boost your score. And that's sort of like the backbone of it, really. But... It, Kind of, you know, a few a few episodes we've done the sort of psychology behind some of these things, and I wanted to tie that in a little bit too. And when I was doing a bit of research for this, you know, I saw I saw a point in an article that basically said seventy percent of Americans would rather disclose publicly what their weight is than what their credit score is, and I found that kind of interesting because it's like, you know. Overall, Americans are very talking finances with your friends and family is almost like taboo. And but it's important to talk about because if you don't know some of these things, or if you never did any research into how credit scores work or how to improve them, and you're afraid to ask, you'll never, you know, fix it or you'll never improve it. 
So I definitely think have the conversation with whoever, you know, you turn to in your financial life. And if you don't have anybody, maybe seek out a financial advisor. But I, I certainly think it's something that we need to talk about. Well, one of the things is it's all to your own benefit, right? And we all have areas that we pay attention to and are experts in, or or at least have more knowledge of if that's the field that we work in. So, you know, if if you've got a lower credit score because you got so many things going on, you haven't kept track, well, it's to your own benefit to to improve it. I, I mean, I give the example of uh, I know there's some people in the office that love cars and do all the right things with cars. I, I know nothing about cars. So if I went to an auto mechanic and said, oh, I don't do this or I didn't do that or whatever, they'd be like, well, you're crazy. But it's still to my benefit if I listen to them and follow through on whatever that is to improve the life of my cars. And they're not going to turn me away or something because I haven't done something in the past that would be beneficial to to say my cars and the same thing if whether it's with us or someone else uh, if you're looking to improve your score no matter what it is we're just gonna you know look at what it is see what your situation is and and help you to uh to improve it yeah absolutely and i mean it, it, a lot of what we talked about might sound a little confusing and how everything is compiled and how scores are made up but at the end of the day it's not a very difficult thing to do just you know pay off your cards on time you know be responsible with the the debt you have. Don't take out any more debt than you have to. Always make your loan payments. It, it, it's pretty basic. And if you just do those simple things, your credit score will definitely track up over time. And, and that's basically what we're looking for. Yeah. I, I was just going to ask you, Emily, obviously you did some research for this and, and working here, learning a lot of these things. Had before like really paying attention to this stuff, did you ever really thought about any of this stuff before it became a focus while working here? When I was in school, no, it wasn't until actually a few years ago when one of my friends was like, Emily, you, you know, you can check your credit score on your, on your app, on your phone. It wasn't really that big of a focus for me until a few years ago. But now every time I go in at the end of the month, I just click on that, check my FICO score. And yeah, that's a good point too. A lot of, a lot of banking apps. I know Capital One has it, Bank of America, um, Discover, I believe has an area where you can check your credit score and it's all integrated right into the app. So definitely, definitely keep track of it. And, you know, I, I'd wager that quite a few people have never checked their credit score before. And that <laughs> that's a little scary, but at the same time, you know, now is, now has never been a better time to do it. So get a handle on it. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to any of us. Do you guys have anything else that you wanted to throw in quickly or? No, I, I think it's been a good discussion and, and the key, just like anything else, is to know how it works and focus on it. And, you know, of course, if you need our help, definitely reach out because, you know, this is something we focus on to try to help people. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again for listening and we will talk to you next time. Financers is produced and edited by Sachetta and Callahan, LLC. All disclosures are posted to our website at sachetta.com forward slash financers. S-A-C-H-E-T-T-A dot com forward slash F-I-N-E-A-N-S-W-E-R-S. Thanks for listening.